Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, which is now 25 years old. Believe it or not, this August will mark the 25th anniversary of the uh, publication. Crazy. Tuesdays with Maury. Yeah. And so we have been doing this podcast for the last couple of years using the same themes that I wrote about in the book when I was visiting with my old college professor, Maury Schwartz, and he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease, and he was teaching me a last class, and what's important in life when you really know and accept that you're going to die? What perspective do you get at that stage that you can use in your life now? Because you've all heard the expression or some country song, live like you're dying, you know, that kind of thing. Well, that's sort of what Maury did. He, he, he lived those days knowing that he was dying, but he changed his behavior and he changed his priorities according to that fact. And when you recognize that we all are dying, we all will die, we're all going to have our lives and probably before we want them to, uh, the lessons that he and I went over really resonated. And I think that's what made Tuesdays with Maury the book the success that it has been. And it certainly has been behind our podcast and where we've taken one kind of element from the lessons that Maury and I went over and put them into each podcast. And today, I want to talk about something that we've spoken about before, but I want to revisit it a little bit in light of, and perhaps you've been following this Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, where he is suing her for defamation of character because she claimed that she was a victim of domestic abuse, although she never actually mentioned his name in the article that she wrote for a newspaper. Uh, But it was very clear to him, anyhow, that she was indicting him. And as a result, he lost a lot of his work, his movie star work. He you know, the films that made him famous, like Pirates of the Caribbean and things like that. He wasn't asked to come back and do another one. He was dropped from different projects. And he claimed that basically he's lost most, if not all, of his career as a result of this accusation. All right. I'm certainly not going to get into (laughs) where the judge should come down on this or whether it's worth $50 million or the $100 million that she's countersuing for or anything. None of my business. But what I do find interesting about this trial is the way that we all kind of watch how another couple's marriage falls apart. There seems to be this perverse almost, I don't know if enjoyment is the right word, 
I don't know if pleasure is the right word. I don't know if accident gazing is the right word. I think accident gazing is the word you're looking for. A little bit like when you pass a wreck on the side of the road and you just can't help but look. Can't help but look. That's what this is. You also, even if it's that, Lisa, even if it is accident gazing, when that happens in real life, don't you find that in addition to slowing down to check out the accident scene, there's a voice inside your head that says, man, I'm glad that's not me. Yes. Yes. Oh, look, he must have been going too fast and that's how he hit that median or he must have not been paying attention and that's how he crashed in the car ahead of him. I wouldn't do that. I didn't do that. Or worse, boy, I was going even faster. Thank God it didn't happen to me. But we do this sort of exercise of comparing our situation to the less fortunate person's situation. Yes. Correct? That's what gawking kind of is. Yeah. That and like, you know, when you're driving by, you're like, wow, I, you know, I wonder what happened. How you do the same thing. It's the same exact thing. How could it get to this point? Uh, right. What, where were they? Who is it? What's going on? Right. We always want to know. What were they doing? What were they yeah. doing that led to this terrible thing? Because I'm a driver. You know, you're passing it as a driver, right? Yes. I'm a driver. He's a driver. She's a driver. We're all drivers here. But this happened to them. Didn't happen to me. Too bad for them. Oh, that's awful. Goody, goody for me. I'm glad that it didn't happen to me. Well, when you apply that to marriage watching, Marriage watching. Yeah, marriage watching. It is. I I think marriage watching is a bit of a sport in our country. I think parenting is a bit of a sport in our country, too. So lest you think I'm just focusing on the marriage part of it. I think parenting, being married, these are things that that people tend to get an ego about sometimes. And they, they like to look at other people failing and say, I don't do that, or I'm not going to fail because I realize this, or we realize that. So there's a lot of this going on in parenting right now, especially with all the fights that we're having across the country about who's a good parent and what what should a school be doing versus a parent be doing. And there's a lot of the virtue signaling of what it means to be a good parent or what it means to be a good teacher or whatever. And everybody's kind of patting themselves on the back about how great they are in these things, oh, but yeah. by, do, by doing so, they're kind of punching the opponent uh, with the other free hand, you oh, know, they while do they're that patting, all, patting themselves on the back. They do that all the time, and they do that to people on social media. You know, I'll follow some people, whatever, and, um, you know, let's say they're famous or semi-famous or whatever, they have a big following. People will, you know, question something that they did with their kid. Why did you put your kid in the front seat? Why did you give your kid those bananas? Why did you... And I'm like, wow, you know, back in our day when our parents were ki- were moms and, and, and dads, nobody knew what they were doing. <laughs> you know, yeah. nobody was really there to judge them unless like you got yelled at in the store or something <laughs> by your by your mom <laughs> for for being, you know, roughhousing or something. I think in those days there was a little bit more of an acceptance of, you know, you raise your own kids, I'll raise my own kids. Now we've kind of reached this point where everybody thinks they should raise everybody else's kids. Yeah. And it's the same thing with marriage. It's like, well, we can tell you why a marriage is going to work or what works in a marriage. And here's here's our successful marriage. Look at us. Watch us. 
So I think, first of all, some guides to judging other people's marriages. Here's point number one. Don't do it. Don't do it. There's nothing to be gained by it. None of us know what goes on inside somebody else's marriage. So to start saying, oh, well, they're having problems because of this, that, or the other, you can't. You weren't there when they met. You weren't there when they fell in love. You weren't there when they decided to get married. You weren't there the the honeymoon. You weren't there the day after. You're just not there. And if you're not there, you really can't judge a relationship because a relationship is a very complicated thing. But also, people make mistakes in getting married and then in getting divorced that are kind of universal. And we need to understand that these things happen and they happen to us and they happen to other people as well. I asked Maury back in 1995 about the divorce rate and why it seems so many people were willing to get divorced then versus what even just 20 years earlier, 30 years earlier would have been more of a taboo. Here's what he said. The poor kids that get divorced, I think they're they don't know what they're doing. They don't know why they got married in the first place. They haven't figured out what they want from a partner. They don't know who they are. So who's marrying whom? If you don't know who you are, how do you know who's marrying the other person? If the other person doesn't know who she is, then who's marrying you? And that's what happens. There's so much immaturity that people just wander into a marriage because it's a thing to do, it's exciting. And then six months later they discover it's the wrong thing. It's sad, but that's what's happening. Now, sad to say, that sounds like a lot of that could fit this Johnny Depp, Amber Heard situation. Yes. There, you know? Yeah. Uh, seems like the thing to do, it's exciting, it's cool. You're a movie star, she's a supermodel, you look good together, everybody says what a great couple, you hop in, you get married, and. Next thing you know, you don't even realize who's who. And then you find out that this one has a darker side and this one has a temper. And although it wasn't six months later, it wasn't a whole lot longer than that. And they end up splitting up. Now, this is something Maury was talking about 25 years ago, and it's just as pertinent today. So, okay, well, what what goes wrong? What went wrong? What didn't these people realize when they got involved in a marriage. Well, that's another thing that you need to keep in mind before you start to judge somebody else and their marriage. Because there are a lot of things that people, I I believe, they go into a marriage with love or infatuation, but they're missing the key ingredients to make a marriage work. See, there's a difference between having a Hollywood relationship looking good in photos, saying cute things about one another, and having a successful marriage. Really, there's no connection between the two. The first is very ephemeral. It's it's skin deep. You just have to look good and, 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 and smile at certain moments when you're being captured, put out videos of yourselves having a great time. And and everybody you, you, will believe it. Yeah, you make a patina <laughs> of this great relationship. But listen to how different that is than the four things that Maury told me when we were talking about what you really need to have to have a successful marriage 
none of that that Hollywood stuff is in here, but some other very important things are. Listen. First of all, you get tested very fully in a, ma a marriage relationship. You find out a lot about who you are, who the other person is, and how you com accommodate. Don't accommodate. You find out, first of all, if you don't respect that other person, basically, you're going to have a lot of trouble. Secondly, if you don't know how to compromise in a relationship, you're going to have a lot of trouble. Thirdly, if you can't talk openly about what goes on between you, you continue to have trouble. And fourthly, if you don't have a common sort of foundation for agreeing on the values of life, you're going to have a lot of trouble, especially if you have sharp disagreements about how to raise kids and what have you. Now, nowhere in those four items did you say or hear, you got to look good together. You got to no. be infatuated <laughs> with one another. You got to be wild and crazy about each other. Uh, you got to fantasize about one another. You have to sexually turn on one another. You didn't hear any of that there, right? The first no. thing was the first thing was respect. Right. Very first thing was respect. If you don't respect the other person, you're going to have a lot of trouble, as Maury said. Well, certainly seems, judging from just the things that you've heard that went on in this particular Hollywood relationship, there wasn't a lot of respect between the two parties. No, and I can't believe they didn't realize that going in, <laughs> like, because it seemed, <laughs> it seems from what I've seen so far about you know with these with these clips I've watched, is it like it seems like this just started off that that way, like it was just bad on both sides, you know. There's yeah. a lot of bad behavior from each person, and uh, I, I I don't really know who's at fault if anybody. I think it's just a really horrible match. Right. But if they don't have that respect, you can see Maury was right. You don't have the respect right at the very beginning. You're going to be in trouble. Then oh, the yeah, second definitely. Point, you have to compromise. Well, based <laughs> again on the testimony here, there's not a whole lot of compromise <laughs> between compromise. these two. One gets mad and cuts off a finger. The other one gets mad and leaves, <laughs> leaves a, a nasty thing mean, in the bed. Uh, I, I mean, don't mean to some, laugh. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's not compromise. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, thirdly, if you can't talk openly about what goes on between you, uh, doesn't seem to be their strong suit either. And fourthly, if you don't have a common set of foundations for agreeing on the values in life. Oh, yeah. No, you have a lot of trouble. That went out the window with the bed scene. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I think so. <laughs> yeah. Not even any respect for linen right there. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll be back with more Tuesday people right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
so these are critical things that it's very easy for people not to determine ahead of time. It's easy for us to sit here and list them. It was easy for Maury to say them. He was 78. He was dying. He was wise. He, he'd gone through life, married to one woman, and you know he could speak from experience. But a lot of young people getting married, they don't understand these things. And so before we start judging other people's marriages, do we have these things in our own? Mm-hmm. Have we been this successful? Have have we do we respect our partner fully? Do we compromise in a relationship fully? Do we talk openly about what goes on between us fully? Do we have a common foundation for our values fully? If not, we may find some bumps in the road. And I think most people who are honest about their marriages will say that there are bumps in the road. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I don't trust anybody who says that they've never had bumps. Like I'm like something's bound to happen at some point yeah. because anybody it's just who's building like up. we've never fought. Our marriage is perfect. Yeah. There's never been a disagreement. What? Right. Yeah, those are the happen? ones where you you find out the, the husband's in the trunk, uh locked in the trunk somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't I agree with you. I don't trust that either. It, 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 it's impossible to not have disagreements or bumps, but it's how you choose to talk about them, how openly you can talk about them, and how much you can ultimately get back to those values. I think that fourth one where agreeing on values in life, you know, what is important? How do you want to live your lives? Who do you want to be? You know, how do you want to be towards other people? Uh, how do you want to be towards the the less fortunate? Uh, how do you want to raise your children? You know, where does religion fit into your life? Where does faith and God fit into your life? Where does community fit into your life? These are really important values. And if one party says, I think we should, you know, get to know our neighbors and 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 really be good community citizens and 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 volunteer for things. And the other one says, I have no interest in knowing our neighbors whatsoever. And you know, don't invite them over, don't ask them. That's a fundamental difference. That is a big difference. It's a big difference. And you might not think, well, what's it got to do with the marriage? So you're just talking about the neighbors. But it's not It's not that the neighbors have something to do with the marriage. It's that your value system has everything to do with the marriage. Yeah, yeah, your yeah. value system. Yeah. Think we, about it. You need to check those things out. You know, but I think what happens, especially when you're younger, you're sort of like um, blinded by passion. And, uh, you don't even, you sort of dismiss anything else like that. Oh, we'll get to that later. Or, oh, you know, I'm sure that'll work itself out because I am so passionate about this person, which by the way, passion is exactly what led to the demise of this Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. Yeah. All of their actions are drawn out of passion. You know, they're all coming out of some well of just, you know, (laughs) like, and, you know, clearly they did not discuss the Maury marriage uh, rules. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, passion, there's a song, uh, passion is fine, but passion burns fast. Passion's designs seem never to last, you know, and, and it's really true. You know, passion is like rocket fuel. It's it's really loud and noisy and fiery and, and hot, but you know how fast rocket fuel burns? You know how much you have to have just to get the thing off the ground? And that's, you're right. You know, we are blinded by the smoke of, of that rocket fuel. 
for the passion. And we're not really determining if we have any of these other really critical elements. Right. Well, biologically, I think we're designed to do that, right? Because biologically, we're designed designed, to find a partner to make babies. I mean, that's what's supposed to happen. So all the rest of this stuff is, you know, makes it more complicated. (laughs) Yep. But all those four points are really true and you can see where they fall apart. But again, easy to criticize in other people, but are we all so successful at this? Are we? I'm not. I'm just throwing that in right now. You can keep okay. going. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, now, I did talk to Maury about how ahead of time can you kind of gauge this? Because you said, Lisa, you know, insightfully, well, they didn't obviously didn't spend enough time talking about those things before they decided to get together. Well, what should you try to determine before you do get together with another person, before you do decide to get married? What kind of squares do you have to tick off? And Maury had a little bit of a test. He said that you could try. Here's what he said. Here's one way to do it in your imagination. Can you get enough space for yourself so you don't feel imprisoned? And can you get enough space together so that you feel that you're dealing things that you could enjoy only by doing it with another person. So that sounds pretty quick, but it's a good test because to me, it runs the gamut of, okay, am I going to be able to get enough space for myself so that I don't feel locked in? This is a big fear of you know, guys who are afraid to commit. They're afraid to get locked down. It's not that they don't care about the woman or the person. It's not that they don't even love them, but their fear of like getting boxed in. I'm going to become, you know, the mow the lawn husband on Saturday and go to church husband on Sunday. And I won't be able to have any time for myself and I won't be able to explore the things that I like. People are worried about that. Women are worried about it in their own way. I don't want to get I don't want to get overwhelmed by this person. I don't want to become in the person's shadow. I don't want this guy's work to become my work, that kind of thing. And so people do rightfully worry about it. It was more, he says, you don't feel in prison. Can you get enough space? On the other hand, if you find somebody who says, yeah, you know, we're cool. You go do you, you do you, I'll do me. You know, I hate that expression. Yeah. You do you, I'll do me. What does that really mean? <laughs> I'll breathe my air, you breathe your air. But uh, if you're involved with somebody who who's basically, they're going to do their thing. And if you're around and you can join them, great. But, you know, if you're not, it's not going to be much of a big deal. And and uh, they want to feel the same way about you. Well, that in and of itself, just by itself, isn't necessarily great either. Because as Maury says, you want to find someone that you can get enough space together that you feel that you're doing things that you can enjoy only by doing it with another person. So if a person is just as happy without you as they are with you, I don't think that's a a good basis for a successful marriage. I, I, I think you have to say, yes, I could survive when you're not around. Yeah, I'll be okay. I'll take care of my, I can, I can do my work. I can do my thing and I'm fine and I, I need a little space for myself. But it's not my desired state of affairs to not have you around. 
If the best thing you can say in your relationship is she doesn't care if I'm around and I don't care if she's around. So we're great. (laughs) It's not really. I mean, I could say that. I could say that about a lot of people that I'm not married to. So you also have to have the counterpart that is, I want to do this with my partner. You know, I I don't like personally eating by myself. I want to, you know, the meals to me are when my wife and I catch up with each other. We we find out what's going on. I, I like the act of eating and talking with my wife. I like sharing food. You know, you want this, you want to try this, here you go. It's something that it, it would not be the same if I was just doing it by myself. I want yeah. to be with her when I'm doing it. And that's just one small thing, but you need things like that in your relationship, in your life to say that I, we want to be together for that, but I'm okay if I have my own space as well. And that balance is tough. I imagine it's tough in Hollywood marriages too, because you're called away to go work on a movie for three months, four months, six months at a time. And you're, you're basically, you're, you're locked away in kind of a golden coffin. They treat you really well. You get really good food. Everybody genuflects when you walk around, but you can't leave because you have to stay there and film the thing. And, that's why a lot of uh, these Hollywood romances start on film sets because people are stuck with each other. And so, you know, it's love the one you're with kind of mentality. Well, and it's they're love the one you're with in a perfect environment, right? Where there's no, um, you know, because when that person gets back home and then the other person's like, you know, you haven't been here in three months. Could you, right. there, here's some things, you know, here's what I had to do while you were gone. Right. And yeah. the kids. Once you get out the, there and yeah. fix the garage door. And right. You, exactly. You, know, you don't have any of that when you're in your protective love. No, you're in, you're in a little, <laughs> you're in a little uh, movie trailer uh, and yeah. you're, uh, you know, you, you just uh, sneak from one trailer to the next and it's exciting and it's temporary and you don't have to worry about it going on forever. I had a friend, uh, in the Hollywood world who dated a woman and they were going to get married and it didn't work out because he, he found out that she was only really used to relationships that lasted about as long as a movie lasted. Yeah. And, and, you know, once they kind of went on and got longer than that, she didn't really know what to do. You know, she was used to having the rap party and the kisses and the hugs and the saying, you know, I can't wait to let's make sure we stay in touch. I'll see you in a couple months. Yeah, let's get together. We'll get, and it never happens. But you can kid yourself that it's going to happen on that last day. And yeah. then you get to go and start a whole new set of relationships. And so this this particular woman, she really couldn't handle a relationship that was longer than a movie set experience. Yeah, and that I can makes understand sense. that because that's what you're used to. Yeah. You get into that rhythm. Yep. Yeah. So these are all things that are challenges in every marriage and challenges that if you really think about them, they're tough. And when you're seeing a couple attack each other like this Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing, I find it to be sad because at some point there was probably a hope that this could be a great relationship. Yeah. I don't think they went into it thinking, well, this is going to be a disaster. We'll end up in court, but let's do it anyhow. <laughs> no, uh, there's like always that, that's the right. That's the <laughs> great thing about uh, love and young love is that, as you say, it can kind of cloud your mind, but it makes you feel like, yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to work out great. This is an incredible relationship. But 
it's it's just too easy to judge other people when you look at all these things, as Maury pointed out, that really you really need to have a successful relationship. And how many of us really do have them? So rather than finding fault, rather than us slowing our car down and gaping out the window at somebody's crashed marriage, we should slow our cars down and ask ourselves, do we have this? Do we have this? Do we have the respect? Do we have the caring and the shared values and the time that Maury was talking about in terms of having a successful relationship? That's the reason to slow the car down and think not to slow the car down and look at somebody else's crashed marriage. Think about how yours, how good yours is in comparison. In comparison, right. <laughs> right. You know, you could be driving a jalopy that's burning oil and all that, and then you're driving along and you see this crashed car on the right and you say, well, at least we're not that. And yeah, that's true. At least you're not that. But that doesn't make your jalopy that's burning oil anything to be proud of. You know, you could still work on your own car and not just say, well, at least I'm not a broken down jalopy at the side of the road. So something to think about, uh, you know, marriage is a very easy comparative shop. Uh, let's, let's compare mine to yours, yours to his, his to theirs. Same thing about religion, same thing about raising kids, you know, way we, we want to, um, judge everybody judge everybody else. Oh, they're not up to my standards. But before you do that with somebody else's marriage, ask yourself if you've got all the underpinnings of what should be a successful marriage yourself. Chances are you're missing a few. And it'd be better to probably focus on those things than focus on why Amber Heard cut off Johnny Depp's finger or <laughs> left a pile of manure in his bed, if you believe any of that. <laughs> I don't know. I shouldn't laugh, but um, yeah. wow. Wow, wow, wow. Some thoughts to live by. We uh, hope you enjoyed them and hearing Maury's voice. We do this every week. We Tuesday people on the web. WeTuesdayPeople.com is how you find out more about our show, more about us, more about our schedules, etc. Lisa Goitsch produces this program, and we thank her for that. Until next time, when we get a chance to chat again, on behalf of Lisa and myself, Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.